0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Oral Presentations, episode 15, Ambrose Burnside, A Shot at Redemption. This is going to be a straight-up social studies episode. Uh, We did Animal Farm last, I got a little sad on the literary episode, and then there was a couple science ones before that, so I was like, alright, let's do something, at least in the topic area that I like a lot, which is social studies. And uh, if you don't know who Ambrose Burnside is, uh, or what this is going to be at all, uh, he was a general in the Civil War. Uh, we're going to be focusing on the Battle of the Crater, which was part of the Siege of Petersburg. It takes place in 1864, and that is three years into the Civil War. And the, sie- the Siege of Petersburg is very important, but we'll get to that a little bit later down the line. Uh, I'd like to start out by saying, I fucking hate the Civil War. I, uh... I just, I, he, and I, I don't even like saying that, but honestly, I can't, I <laughs> I tried to like this. I really tried, just the time period itself, I've never really been into it, and uh, somebody alley-ooped this topic, a good friend of mine alley-ooped this topic to me, and was like, yo, you should check out the Battle of the Crater, it's fucking crazy, and he loves the Civil War, I trust him a lot, good dude, smart dude, and I started looking into it, and I just, and here's the thing. This Battle of the Crater, if you ever seen the movie Cold Mountain with uh, Jude Law and that other lady who looks like my aunt. Um, Philip Seymour Hoffman's in it. It's like a Civil War love story. I like that movie. I, I don't watch it on my own because it'll make me... That's not a good movie to watch on your own. If you're Don't watch that alone. That's a sad one if you're solo. But Cold Mountain, good as a movie. Very fun. It's long. It's a good fall to sleep movie. This Battle of the Crater is at the beginning of Cold Mountain. That's like... Where the the whole Jude Law almost dies and it's nuts. That's the that's the battle of the crater that was taken from that. Although in the movie it happens during the day and then looking into this stuff, that's another thing. People who love the Civil War really love the fucking Civil War, and that was something I had in my mind while I was looking into this, which is like, man, you should probably make this a good one because people. It's kind of like Princess Diana, where everybody. Lo- if you're into that, you are fucking into that. You love the royal family. You love the whole thing. Civil wars like that. Like there's a ton of. Civil War, like, there's so many people who are mad at the movie Cold Mountain because in that movie, that scene takes place during the day, and then the Battle of the Crater kicked off at 4.44 a.m., it's nighttime, and just, like, seeing that stuff, and I was just like, alright, so I just, I'm just gonna be honest with you guys, I really tried to like this topic, and I like the dude, I really like Ambrose Burnside, I like him, I like his story, I like that he has a shot at redemption and he fucking goes for it at the Battle of the Crater. And I'm not trying to be a sourpuss, but I'm just saying if I'm a little fussy during this because you know this time period is just hard for me to get into. I feel like, and also I'm like a I'm a, like a white dude with a shaved head and be like we. I feel weird looking into the Civil War, being like I don't. I just can't get into it. I just can't get into it. I feel like it's just it's a similar feeling to like when remember when Iran got like someone we blew up something like America blew up some shit in Iran like a month ago. I remember when I saw that I was like. Dude, how did you not talk this out? Like how did you how did you not talk this out on Reddit? How is this happening? And I kind of feel like that at the Civil War. Not that they had Reddit, but I was like, you guys all lived like right fucking there. I don't know. That's a that's definitely a dumb thought. I did that's a guy who doesn't know the Civil War and is just judging it on its face right now, but I'm just telling I'm just being open and honest with my prejudices regarding the Civil War time period. I feel like how would you not talk this the fuck out? You know? but we are where we are. I am happy to be doing this episode. I do like this episode and this topic and this dude and the battle is pretty cool. So come with me wherever you're, I appreciate you listening to the podcast. I'm going to try to make it I'm try to be as upbeat as I can, you know? But all right, episode 15, Ambrose Burnside, a shot at redemption. I'm happy I got that off my chest. I didn't want to try to hide that from you guys, all right? All right. So Ambrose Burnside. Who is he and why would he need a shot at redemption? All right? Ambrose Burnside was born May 24th, 1824. He was the fourth of nine children. His father had lived in South Carolina and owned slaves. But, hey, he freed him. And then he moved to Indiana. And then in Indiana, he, that's where he had Ambrose Burnside. So he, well, Ambrose Burnside was born into a household with no slaves. And his dad freed him before... You know, you technically had to with the Civil War and stuff. So, like, Dad was a little bit ahead of the curve on that one. You know, still not a great dude. Had slaves, definitely, you know. But, freedom, Indiana. Anyway, has a son named Ambrose Burnside. You hear how fucking... How tiptoe I am with all this fucking shit? Oh, my God. All right. He was born May 24th, 1824. His fucking dad used to have slaves. Gave them up. Lives in Indiana. In 1941 uh, Ambrose is 17 years old and his mom dies. Of course. Cause this is a fucking, this is the time period. Just everybody's mom dies. It's just a fucking horrible time period. But I'm anyway, so Ambrose is hanging in. Um, all right. He decides he gets apprenticed as a tailor, uh, to learn how to make clothes, you know, learn a trade, stay busy. That's all right. You know, he, uh, he then meets and falls head over heels deeply in love. Here we go. Cold Mountain, the movie itself, deeply in love with a woman named Charlotte Moon. Now, their love quickly progresses. Nice. They get engaged. Oh, yeah. And then on the day of the wedding, so, oh, real quick, and Ambrose Burnside, so his last name is Burnside. He also gets credited for, in like, inventing or coining the term, like, the sideburns. Like, the horrible shit that some guys wear still, I guess. Oh, my God. But, like, uh, the sideburns. Because this dude, his whole life, he had huge sideburns with a mustache that, like, covered his whole fucking face. I'll post a picture of it on the Instagram. This guy looked like a horse's ass his whole life. I'm sorry. He looked looked odd. I don't want to judge him, you know. He had his style. Maybe he was having, like, a... I don't know. Maybe he had like Lizzo confidence and he was just like, I'll fucking wear whatever I want. This looks like a football helmet. <laughs> like a Potter's football helmet from 71. But anyway, he just he looked like an oddball. But this is where sideburns come from, alright? So he meets, falls in love, Charlotte Moon, engaged, here we go, gonna get married, day of the wedding, on the altar, the pre in front of all his family, friends, his handlebar mustache sideburns looking better than they ever have. He's so in love, right? Priest fucking looks to him and he's like, Ambrose Burnside, do you take this woman, Charlotte Moon? Be your lawful wife, It's just a whole thing. Ambrose Burnside's like, Yup. Priest turns to Charlotte Moon, he's like, Charlotte Moon, do you take this man? Ambrose Burnside, be your lawful death do your part as long as both shall live. And Charlotte Moon shouts, No sorry Bob. And then runs out, runs out of the church. To- to Ambrose Burnside's sideburns and mustache face in front of all his family and friends. Just uh, no Surrey Bob. Runs out. L- literally leaves him at the altar. Of course, it's a civil war. Well, it's a civil war, dude? Terrible shit happens all the time. He's in front of all his family and friends watching him take this fucking massive loss. He was so in love with this lady. His mom's still dead. His mom's not there. He's probably thinking of her. And wife leaves him. There that goes. All of family and friends. And like the people who were at that wedding. It wasn't like a wedding today where like you invite people from the internet that you don't fucking really see anymore. And then you all get together and then you never see each other again. This wedding was like everybody lives in this town. It's everybody from the town. Can't wait to see Ambrose Burnside get married to Charlotte Moon. They seem like they're so in love. (laughs) No siree, Bob. Gone. Ambrose Burnside. Thought he had Charlotte Moon in the bag. Didn't work out. Oh, my God. So, that happens. All right. All right. Ambrose Burnside hanging in. All right. Taking an L. Let's see what else happens. Maybe some good things can happen. 1843. His father uh, pulls some strings. Gets him into the United States Military Academy. Nice. 1847. Ambrose Burnside graduates 17 out of 48 in his class. Which is like, I don't know, fine. <laughs> like, you're in the middle. Yeah, dude, C's get degrees. You're in the middle. Whatever. All right, so Burnside graduates, and he's like, all right. He rolls down to Mexico, because he, like, the Mexican-American War still kind of going on, he thinks, or he hopes it's still going on, right? So Ambrose Burnside hauls ass down there, trying to, you know, get in on it. He gets down there. It's over. It's <laughs> it's over. He just down there, He goes to Veracruz, Mexico, and he's like, well, what's going on? I fuck. Alright. There nothing works out, dude. Come on, civil war time period. Alright, so he he's down there and he's like, oh whatever. So he hangs out in the western frontier for a few years. Probably looking at the moon every fucking night, being sad, being like Charlotte <laughs> What happened? Alright, so he, two years out there, he gets uh he sees some skirmishes, some action or whatever, he gets hit in the neck uh by an Apache arrow. He doesn't die. That heals up. Yeah, that's bad luck. It happened, like, right outside of Las Vegas. You got to watch out for that. And, uh... Oh, so he heals up, and he gets promoted to first lieutenant. You know? Hey, get shot in the neck, first lieutenant. That's not so bad. 1852, he's assigned to Fort Adams, Rhode Island. And he meets a woman named Mary Richard Bishop of Providence, Rhode Island, and they fall in love. Hello, Charlotte who? I don't even remember. They... (laughs) Burnside and, uh, Mary Richard Bishop, uh, fall in love and get married all the way. She doesn't run out on him. You know, he was fucking nervous, you know, and that's, dude, that's another thing that was like so nasty about Charlotte moon running out on him because I looked this up, like the order of vows. Cause I don't, I've never been married and all my friends are poor, so I don't go to a whole lot of weddings. <laughs> so like, cause they don't get married either. They're fucking poor. So, uh. I looked it up, and it's usually the groom who gets read his shit first, so that's the order that that walkout happened in, where the priest hit him and then made him, in front of his whole family, be like, I do. Oh my god. No siree, Bob. She didn't even, like, say, like, no, or, like, start crying. She, like, had a line planned. She was like, here comes a closer, fuck you, sideburns so rude dude people were terrible to each other i mean they still are god damn but it just feels worse because nobody knew about germs when it happened you know i don't know i can't really this is definitely a prejudice against the time period again if you love the civil war and you're a reenactor i got nothing for respect for you but like i couldn't i'm working through it over here all right so he marries this new lady he doesn't run out on him hell yeah mary richard bishop nice during this time period, he also invents a rifle that is known by as the Burnside Carbine. Okay, apparently it's a good rifle. Secretary of War buys a bunch of them. Things are looking up for Burnside. Hello. 1858, Ambrose Burnside decides to run as a Democrat for a congressional seat in Rhode Island. And he is defeated by a landslide. <laughs> he, uh, he doesn't even come close to winning. Now, see he had a couple good ones in a row and then he forgot what time period he was in and he tried to do a little bit more. <laughs> Didn't work out. Alright. Here we go. What's next, Ambrose? What are you up to? April twelfth, eighteen sixty one, the Civil War kicks off at Fort Sumter, South Carolina. Now, Ambrose raises the first Rhode Island Volunteer Infantry Regiment and is appointed to its colonel on may second, eighteen sixty one cool he's got a group of dudes where are we going his first uh, uh first battle uh at the f- i'm sorry at the first battle of bull run which is the name of the battle he commands his brigade without distinction which means he showed up and he like it went fine it's all right man yeah yeah you did you did fine all right much like his 17 out of 48 graduating in the middle and it's like all right man yeah fine but that's pretty good. That's not bad. At least he didn't fuck up, you know? So after after the first Battle of Bull Run, he decides to go to North Carolina, and then he starts participating in the Union Navy. Now, this goes really well. Apparently, Ambrose Burnside, pretty good at boat war. So he goes, and he's so good at it, That he does a whole fucking campaign known as the Burnside Expedition. And he fucks up the Confederate ships. They had some fleet, like the Mosquito Fleet or whatever the fuck they called it. So Burnside had like the Union Navy and was just sinking. Just sinking, dudes. He like captured a port. Fucking like cut down their trade and supplies by 80%. Like Ambrose Burnside, pretty good amateur pirate here. Just fucking people up. Way to go. Alright. Gets done. Hops off a boat. Back to land war. Let's see. You're doing all right. You had that one land battle. Let's see where we go, all right? So, Ambrose Burnside, this brings us to the Battle of Antietam. All right. So, Burnside is given command of the right wing of the Army of the Potomac. Now, that is comprised of the 1st Corps and the Ninth Corps. Now, the Ninth Corps are Burnside's dudes. He knows them. What's up? Here we go, fellas. The 1st Corps, he's newly commanding, but he's like, all right, you're on the squad too. Let's go. Here we go. Now, during the battle, the First Corps and the Ninth Corps were set on opposite sides of the battlefield, which means they couldn't communicate easily with each other. Now, Burnside becomes a little bit of a, a little fussy here. He's a little fussy. You know, I'm not trying to say anything. I like the guy, but he gets a little fussy here. Uh-huh. and he insists on like, I need to command my dudes. I don't care where they are. I'm um, with these guys. I need to be able to talk to these guys. I don't fucking care. Every order needs to go through me, dude. And so, like, what that does is slow down the entire Union advance. Because, dude, if you're on one side of a battlefield, it's it's the 1800s, man. So, if, if I got to run every fucking order past you, that means I got I, I to gotta make a dude run the 400 over to you, or however fucking long it is, bring a letter or send a message, play Whisper Down the Lane, and then he got to run back... Like, we're at war, war, man. Like, we gotta. I can't. But Burnside's, you know, being a little. A little fussed up dust over there. A little bit of a drama queen. Don't want to, you know, don't want to disperse this map. I'm just saying this is a bad move here. Should have just fucking been like, I'll roll with it, but. You know. Anyway, so that fucks up the whole Union advance. And then it comes to a point where Burnside's supposed to have his dudes cross a narrow bridge. And he knew this was coming. Like, he knew that this was his orders, right? He didn't do. I feel like I'm shitting on the guy a lot here. But, uh, dude, this I didn't make any of this up. This is what the people on the internet are saying about you, man. This is your... Like, he had to take this bridge and cross it, right? So, it's a, it's a narrow bridge. He didn't do any reconnaissance on it. He's kind of gun-shy. And all, this is kind of a recurring theme with, like, the whole... Uh, like, the whole Northern Army is a little bit more gun-shy than the Southern Army as far as aggression on the battlefield. Because the Northern Army was subject to congressional investigation... If they fuck up. So like if you're a general and you make a move and you get a bunch of people killed or I don't know, it's a bad move or whatever else. You can get investigated by Congress and they can open up a case on you and then you got to go to court and shit. Like there's a whole checks and balances that existed for the North during the Civil War that the South did not have to fucking think about at all. The South was way more run and gun. There's no Congress overseeing them. So those dudes are free to maneuver and take a lot more risk than without having to think about like, man, if this fucks up, I got to go. I got to go talk to the Congress police. I might go to Congress jail. I don't fucking. So, I mean, like the whole North was a little bit more hesitant. And Ulysses S. Grant was on more than one source was like, I wish I had more aggressive generals. I have no aggressive generals. But it's like, yeah, well, you also have congressional oversight. And that's why they can't really run a gun like the South can. So, I mean, you get what you get, dude. I don't know what to tell you. But anyway, so Burnside was supposed to take a fucking narrow bridge. He doesn't scout it at all. He doesn't He doesn't send dudes to the other side of the river to set up smart ways to cross it. He just starts sending guys across the thing. And the South isn't stupid. They got snipers looking at this bridge and they're like, what, they're just sending guys over? All right, I'll shoot all of them. That's fun. Again, how terrible is this, dude? Just the Civil War of people just making, just being goofballs, <laughs> being like, yeah, walk across that bridge. They know you're coming. Oh, everybody's <laughs> getting murdered. Yeah, keep it going, fellas. I didn't even look into this at all. It's fine. So that's the Battle of Antietam. I mean, eventually, Burnside does get the bridge, all right? But this is after his commander had to send down letters and send down runners to be like, yo, what the fuck are you doing? Yo, what are you doing, dude? Get across this bridge. And then finally, he was like, all right. So he crossed the bridge. But it fucked up the whole thing. They couldn't pursue the enemy afterwards. It was a mess. I mean, technically, the battle is like, it's categorized as a stalemate. But it's like, that is a heavy strike against Ambrose Burnside. But it's only one one strike. Other than that, I mean, before Battle of Antietam, he was kind of crushing it on the open water. You know, and then he had that, like, yeah, first Battle Bull run. That was kind of a draw. Yeah, yeah it was all right. So he's But he has a strike against him at this point. He's definitely, in the sewing circles of the Civil War, people are like, eh, Burnside fucked up Antietam pretty good, huh? But it's all right. It's only one. You can come back, dude. Which brings us to the Battle of Fredericksburg. All right, now Burnside is put in control of the entire army of the Potomac, the one uh, that he had some of at the Battle of Antietam. He gets the whole thing now because the guy who used to be in charge of it in the Battle of Antietam gets fucking fired because that guy didn't pursue General Lee after the Battle of Antietam. So he got fucking fired. They were like, what are you doing? You got to go get him. And that guy was like, oh, no. So he's fucking fired. They bring in Burnside. They gave Burnside the army of the Potomac. All right, whatever. So Burnside... (laughs) so dismissive in my tone dude i am trying so hard to tell this story without being a total sourpuss stay with me guys i'm sorry all right so burnside takes the job burnside only takes the job of the army of the potomac so this guy joseph hooker who he fucking hated didn't get the job that's why he agrees to be in command of so many dudes He's like, well, if I don't do it, this guy's going to get it, so I guess I'll take the job, which is a terrible motivation to be able to lead men into battle when their lives are on the line. Also, dude, we saw you at Antietam. You're not really crushing it to begin with. You're not really on a hot streak. Anyway, so he's in charge of it now. Abe Lincoln tells Burnside, look, you got to go capture Richmond, Virginia, dude. Burnside says okay, goes and tries, and is humiliatingly defeated. <laughs> He comes up against a river again. This guy's no good with rivers. On the open water, he knows what he's doing. He hits another river, and uh, he has trouble crossing the Rappahannock River, right? So he, again, he didn't want to send guys across the river to set up a smart way to cross the river. So he fucking gets everybody everybody killed again. They get pushed back. There's assaults on the actual town. They suck. They get thrown back embarrassingly. It's just full frontal assaults. And it goes so badly that at one point Burnside's like, alright, I'll lead a charge. I'll lead it myself. But it's been going bad all day. So his superiors are like, no, you're fucking not, dude. What are you doing? And all I did like that part where Burnside was like, I'll do it myself. Because at that point, like, dude, it must have been going so badly. And he just came off the Battle of Antietam. And you know he still fucking remembers Charlotte Moon leaving him. He's still looking at the sky every night getting sad. At that point, I bet he was like, fuck it, I'll do it. I don't care if I get killed, dude. This sucks. I hate the Civil War time period. I bet he said that. Anyway, so they don't let him do the charge himself. And all that takes place in November. He cools off for like a month or two. And then he tries another assault in January. But it's fucking raining hard when he does it doesn't work people can't move it's january it's cold fucking gets slaughtered again burnside gets fired who gets the job that dude hooker who he hated who he only took the job to not so you know ambrose burnside falling on hard luck here but you did it to yourself a little bit you're telling me you couldn't work a little harder at that i'm I'm not telling i look i've never been a civil war general okay i don't know shit about the military i'm just saying from doing the research it looks like Maybe this guy wasn't putting all his eggs in the planning basket for the Battle of Fredericksburg. And he was a little he was a little stuffy on the Battle of Antietam. He, I'm not sure if he really carried Yeah, you know, I don't want to say too much about the guy, but yeah, you, know, you got a lot of lives in your hands here. Why don't you fucking do it? I mean, I again, I'm getting a little grumpy here. I'm trying I'm trying I like the guy. I understand him. He's got cool facial hair. That's at least what he's fucking telling himself in the mirror. Because everybody else is making fun of him, but alright. After the Battle of Fredericksburg, Ambrose Burnside is like, "Yo, Abe Lincoln, I'll just quit the army if you want, dude. I'll just stop. Honestly, this is a lot for me. I got. I'm sorry about that." And Abe Lincoln's like, "Nah, <laughs> nah, I'm not gonna let you quit. You can't quit. You can't. I need everybody, dude. Stop trying to quit. That's a terrible attitude. You're supposed to be a general in war. Why the fuck would you quit? We. Well, I need you. I'll give you some easy shit. So." Sends him to Kentucky, Burnside's in Kentucky, picks up a couple quick W's, like, he rolls up with an actual army on some hodgepodge troops, and they count that as a win, I don't know, he fucks with, like, some Confederate Raiders, that counts as a win, you know, you're building confidence, dude, your prospect got knocked out a couple of times, you gotta give him a couple tomato cans, build him back up, right, I don't know if that was the actual plan, but it feels like it, All right. Burnside ends up, oh, he fights at a place called Spotsylvania, doesn't do great, but it's on the way to the Siege of Petersburg. Alright, so now we are at the Siege of Petersburg. This is where the battle of, battle of the Crater happens. And if you're keeping score at home, Ambrose Burnside has two strikes against him. Two enormous fuck-ups that if people weren't talking about how he sucks beforehand, other generals are definitely like, This guy, ah, this guy's not great. Did you see his fucking face? Let <laughs> me shave his face, dude. Jesus Christ. All right, Siege of Petersburg. Now, Petersburg was really important to the South. They controlled it. And again, this is in 1864. Yes, 1864, and the Civil War's been going on for three years. This is the Battle of Petersburg, and it's trench warfare. There's a, bun- like, a bunch of fortification on both sides. It's a stalemate right now. Now, Petersburg and uh, the forts around it are controlled by Confederates. And not just any Confederates, we have General Lee himself is in this city, dude. This is this is the top Grand Poobah of the Confederacy is in this city. That's who the Union's up against. And the Union, it's not just Burnside who's there. Now Burnside is there, but there's a like a corporate structure is how I saw it when I looked into this. So Burnside is there, he's commanded troops. Above him is a dude named Meade, and then above him is a dude named Ulysses S. Grant. So it is the highest level of union leadership is present for this, right? And birdside has been fucking up, but this is his shot at redemption. If he can make something happen here, it's like undercover boss where the CEO is at the shop with you. So if you can pull out a big W here, dude, Ulysses S. Grant is here. He will see it. And then people will probably stop making fun of you for your, all the men you got killed. I can't help you with your face. People are going to fucking make fun of you for that. Oh, my God. The number of jokes. If people found out that, like, his wife left him at the altar and then they also saw his face, dude. He, I hope, man, he must have got made fun of so hard. But, like, yeah, of course she left, dude. Look at your fucking face. Oh, man. I feel bad for him. Anyway, but if you pull something off, it's redemption, dude. It'll work. So, the two sides of the battle are the highest level, Ulysses S. Grant for the Union. Highest level, General Lee in Petersburg. All right. It's a stalemate. Now, Petersburg's important. Uh, I'm sorry, I didn't cover this because it's a logistical hub for the South. Now, it's not the capital, but the number of rail lines that run through Petersburg and all the rail travel that the South is using to move uh, men, materials, guns, fucking medicine, everything that keeps an army going, A lot, almost all of it runs through Petersburg. So if the Union can take Petersburg, that's fucking it. That's it, dude. They got no bullets. They got no guns. They got no Trisky crackers. It's fucking over, right? So the Union needs this win. Now the South and Lee obviously want to keep it. They obviously want to keep this they they know the same thing about the railroad thing, but they definitely want to keep it at least for a year. That's why, like, siege warfare isn't great, but they'll they're trying to wait it out because here's the thing Abe Lincoln goes up for reelection in like a year. So Lee knows the Civil War's been going on for three years. If we can just milk this until election time, I'm telling the American public's getting fucking tired of this. If they will vote Lincoln out, we might be able to strike a truce with a new guy. And then even though we haven't technically won the Civil War, we get a truce, man. We're a separate country. We did it. We just got to hold the fuck out. If Lincoln can get get out of that office, have him lose the election, maybe we win a truce without having to win a military battle. That'd be sick. So the Union's like, all right, we got to get this work done now. We got to get done as quick as possible. Now this brings us, now Burnside is commanding his Ninth Corps, right? He's in there, but he's not, you know, he's got guys above him, Meade and Grant. So here's what happens. Now Burnside is commanding a group, like a regiment of coal miners from Pennsylvania are under his command. Now these coal miners come to Burnside and they're like, hey man, this is going to sound a little crazy, but listen to this plan we got. So the plan that the coal miners had was that they were going to build a tunnel. Now this tunnel and the tunnel ended up being 511 feet long. That is an insanely long tunnel, dude. Right? So they're gonna tunnel from the Union side under the fortifications into the like into the Confederate fort. They're gonna tunnel that whole way. And they're miners. They say they can do this. They've done this shit before. Don't worry about it. All the way. And then at the very end, while they're under the Confederate fortifications, they're going to pack that fucking tunnel at the end with 8,000 pounds of gunpowder and explosive. It was 320 kegs of gunpowder. It was so much. Right? And so the plan was do that, explode those things, kill a bunch of people. It'll scare the fuck out of them. And then Burnside, you get your dudes, you run in there. They won't know what's going on. Capture the fort. Capture Petersburg. Dude, this is your shot. Nobody will remember Fredericksburg or Antietam, dude. If you can pull this off, you will win the whole civil war. And Ulysses S. Grant is here. He will fucking see this when it happens. All I'm saying is that I think we can get this done, man. If you want to do this with us, let us know. Now, if you're Burnside, if I'm Burnside, fuck it. Yeah, dude. It can't go worse. It can't go worse. Yeah, why not? I'm going to go ask these guys. So Burnside goes, and he asks the guys above him, Meade and Grant. He's like, yo, I got this plan. Real quick, guys. Have you guys ever seen the movie Starship Troopers (laughs) (laughs) with a bug's tunnel? I got a Starship Troopers plan. I got miners underneath me, dude. We're going to Starship Troopers tunnel under the fortifications, pack it up, blow it up. I run in there. I'm telling you, these guys are pretty confident about it. What do you guys think? And Meade and Grant are dismissive of the plan. They tell him, yeah. They're like, yeah, go ahead. But it's noted that, like, Grant and Meade told him, yeah, in large part, just as, like, a make-work program. Just as, like, a, yeah, keep these guys busy, I guess. I don't know. Who's that guy? The guy with the sideburns who fucked up? Didn't his wife leave him at the altar? Yeah, dude, go build your tunnel. (laughs) Who gives a fuck? (laughs) Right? That was kind of the attitude. And... The reason they say that is because a couple days after Burnside got permission to start on the project, uh, resources were stripped from his project. Like, he was being given wood and whatever else. They take all that shit away from him. They're like, yeah, we need this for, like, real world. Like, real wood, dude. You're building, like, sandcastles. I don't fucking... You don't need wood, dude. We need this to win a war. You keep doing that over there. So, like, he has no resources. But the miners, they know what they're doing. And Birdside's like, all right, look, I got permission. It's fine. Keep going. So these miners and these dudes are building a tunnel that's 511 feet long underground using their hands. Using their hands. They have like a, a, a wooden duct to circle in air. They let a fire in it, and that circulates air. I learned about that. That was pretty cool. But they're, they're they're digging with their hands. They're using like cracker boxes with handles on it to get the dirt out of there. It's fucking hell on earth. It's a civil war. That's what I'm saying. But it's a cool plan. I do like like... I like that they're going. It made me laugh. And I was like, oh, dude, Starship Troopers. Great idea. So they dig the tunnel. All right. Now, nobody respects this plan. Grant and Meade are still like, this is a stupid plan. But what happens is that Grant and Meade and other elements of the Union forces have the first battle of Deep Bottom. And that goes poorly. That's in association with the Siege of Petersburg. There's was like a more traditional plan. They tried it. They got fucked up. It didn't work, right? So Grant and me are like, all right, well, I guess, you know, that sideburns try to fucking blow some shit up. I don't know. <laughs> so they go and they tell him like, hey, here's the thing. We've always had faith in your plan. You ready to go? And Burnside, you know, this is his chance, man. This is his chance. And he has been privately training a group of black soldiers to know exactly what to expect. He's picked out a regiment of dudes, black dudes. And he's like, yo. This is what's going to happen. Talk to these miners about what to expect. You need to know this plan inside and out. And they're down, dude. They learned the whole thing. They knew what to expect. They knew what the formation, what the plan was. All this shit's going to blow up. We're going to have you guys run in on either side of the, of the crater that will be made. Take up positions. We'll have reinforcements go in. This is what's up, dude. This is what's going to happen. And these, these group of black dudes that nobody really gave a fuck about except for Burnside. And he was like, I can use these guys. These guys are going to kill it for me. I love it. He's training them up. July 29th, the powder charges are armed. The 8,000 pounds of explosives are in there. The tunnel's dug. The Confederates heard rumors of tunneling, and they tried to do some anti-tunnel efforts, but nobody really took it seriously on that side either. It's a fucking crazy plan. It was nuts. So even on the other side, they heard mining, and they were like, who the fuck gives a shit? What are they going to do? I'll tell you what they're going to do. They packed it full of 8,000 pounds of explosives and and fucking set the powder charges on July 28th. Now, what happens here that throws a little bit of a snafu in it for our man Burnside is that the guy above him, Meade, at the last minute is like, hey, uh, you're going to use those black dudes? No fucking way. You can't do that. And now there's there's debate on why this was done. There's uh, people on – I've found sources on both sides saying why this got done. So Meade says, yo, you can't use black dudes um, and there's speculation that Meade said that because he was racist and was like, yo, black dudes don't know what the fuck they're doing. We can't trust them in war. This is a crazy plan. You got to use white dudes, all right? Don't fucking... What are you doing, right? And Burnside's like, what are you talking about? I trained these guys. These guys are awesome. I got to use them. But Meade's above him. Meade's like, you got to use white guys. Now, that's the the one theory is that uh, Meade and Grant didn't trust black soldiers. And then the other theory Or, like, the official story, like, when Grant would go on to become president later, he would get asked about the Battle of the Crater, and they were like, well, why didn't you let Burnside use the black soldiers? And uh, Grant was like, oh, well, I just didn't want them, if it went poorly, I wouldn't want those guys to look like cannon fodder, like we didn't care about them. He, like, painted it in, like, a humanitarian angle of, like, wanting to make sure not to look like we don't give a fuck about black soldiers, but really it's like, I don't know, man. I kind of side with the first story and that we're like, I don't, it was just an idiot move. Like, dude, I don't care what black, white, I don't give a fuck. These guys are trained to do the job. Get the guys that know how to do the job to do the fucking job. But it's a civil war. You know, what did I say? This, this, <laughs> this area of time, this era of time frustrates me. And I don't know why. I think I just have too high expectations because they all kind of lived in like the same... Like, the country still kind of look the same on the East Coast, so I think I stupidly overlay expectations of intelligence on these people and judge them unfairly. Again, sorry if you're a Civil War guy and I'm fucking hounding this dude and you love Ambrose Burnside. I like him, too. I like that he's about to take this risk. But right at the last minute, the guy above him, Meade, is like, you can't use the dudes you want. you got to use different dudes. And Burnside's so bummed that, like, he doesn't even give a fuck what regiment they put in there. He makes the other, the other regiments that are all white dudes draw straws to pick which one has to go, because I, I mean, obvi- like, 100%, he was like, why well, don't you fucking care then, dude, just draw straws, who gives a fuck, so they pick a regimen to go in, the black dudes aren't allowed to go in, so they got this white regiment. okay, <sighs> whatever, you got two days, you're gonna go on this mission, here we go, right, so, how does it go, Burnside's chance, here we go got left at the altar fucked up antietam fucked up fredericksburg you got this crazy plan they let you do it you made it work even when they took your resource away from you man all right it's july 30th 1864 the charges are lit at 3 a.m everybody's waiting clock's ticking all right it's 3 30 nothing has exploded all right waiting a little bit more and then eventually, they're like, hey, somebody's got to go in there. <laughs> this was supposed to blow up by now. Yeah. So two guys, I don't even know how they got picked for this job. I mean, they probably volunteered because they were brave soldiers. I mean, I'd like to think that. but Or nobody liked them. They're like, hey, Mark, you got to get in there. <laughs> so two dudes go in there. They find that the fuse, because it's a long fuse. It's 511-foot tunnel. The the fuse didn't work, so they reset it. They split it. They go again, and they run as fast as they, you could ever imagine out the out that fucking tunnel. All right. So at four forty four a.m., eight thousand pounds of explosives go off underneath Confederate fortifications and blow a crater in the hole, killing two hundred fifty Confederate soldiers immediately. Wrath of God, shit. Ra- <laughs> Man made volcano. It's a man-made, and nobody has seen, here's the thing, nobody has seen anything like this before, unless you work in a mine, I was thinking about this, like, everybody listening to this has seen a movie with an explosion in it, so you kind of know, like, what an explosion might look like, I don't know if back then you would see explosions, unless you worked with explosions, other than that, you're just, this might be completely new, this might, this looks insane, 250 got just thrown up in the air, whole fucking giant crater earth is missing. And, I mean, everybody's stunned after this. The Confederates have no idea what the fuck's going on. There's people, there's Confederate soldiers that landed in the in the crater that got blown up, and they're half dead. There's body parts everywhere. It's carnage, right? So, the replacement regiment, white dudes, here we go. Get in there. Here's a the problem. Nobody really told those guys what to expect. So, they're just as fucking terrified as the Confederate. They're like, what the fuck was that? Are you fucking serious? That's the craziest shit I've ever seen. But they make them run in, so they're they're blown away, and they're not in like I'm in a war mode. They're in like holy fuck! Did I just see like a, an act of God? I can't believe this. So they run in, but they see the bodies that are in the bottom of the crater now, the massive crater. And they, they don't see them as Confederate soldiers. They see them as, like, dudes that they would hang out with because it's just the fucking craziness of it. it has blown the idea of being in a war kind of out of their heads. So they're like, I got to help these guys. So some of the Union replacement soldiers go into the crater and start trying to help the Confederate guys. And the and here's the thing. Others, other Union soldiers see those dudes doing that, and then they go in the fucking crater and... If not to help them, then at least they, half of them were like, "Oh, this would be great rifle cover, okay." But they're not thinking right. They're in the middle of a Confederate fucking fort, so they get into a giant crater that they just made, which wasn't the plan, man. They get into a crater and they all get massacred. They get massacred. They once the Confederates stop, cry, like stop, like totally not believing that they're in reality anymore from what the, what just happened. They realize that, like, oh, the Union forces have put themselves in a position that's, they're just in a hole in the middle of our base. We can shoot whatever we want at them. And Burnside must be watching this, like, just pulling his sideburns out, being like, that was not the plan I wanted to use. This is why I wanted to use the guys I trained. They're in. They're all getting killed. It is a complete catastrophe. At one point, Burnside's like, all right, well, I'm going to send in the black dudes, dude. These are the guys that know what they're doing. But those dudes knew what they were doing with the element of surprise. Their plan that they knew was like, all right, when this crazy act of God explosion happens, then we run in, we're going to be scared, but we know our plan, stay on the outside of the crater and then move, wait for reinforcements. Now these guys, the South knows that they're coming. So these specially trained regiment of black dudes run in, they get fucking killed. They're getting murdered. There's no element of surprise. It's a complete mess. Burnside has just made a bad situation even worse by getting more dudes killed. Keep in mind, this is Undercover Boss. The CEO, Ulysses S. Grant, is here watching all this. It, it is a complete mess, dude. It was your one shot at redemption. Would you, you should, why'd you even think that was possible? You know what time period you're in, dude. Everything is terrible. Everything's bad. Oh, so the Union loses the Battle of the Crater. That was their—they had a chance to end the Civil War in a really spectacular tactical way, and it would have redeemed Ambr- Ambrose Burnside. Um, but yeah, the, his troops are massacred. Even I mean, the other tr- the black troops he sent in—they get mad. It's a terrible battle. It's terrible. It does not work. So Burnside's fired. That's it, dude. Three strikes and you're out. Antietam, Fredericksburg. Come on, man. Why? Why? How would you pitch a Starship Troopers plan? But here's the thing: it's not even his fault. It's not even his fault. But he still gets fired. He gets placed on indefinite leave. Ambrose Burnside. I love that he took a shot, though. He kept swinging, dude. How many, dude? One thing about Ambrose Burnside: that guy could take a punch. Almost every part of this story is devastating. When I told you, when I told you his mom died when he was 17, did you ever believe it would just keep getting worse and worse and worse and worse? I mean, eventually there's a congressional oversight hearing about the Battle of the Crater that does exonerate Ambrose Burnside and be like, no, it was General Meade who fucked up and was racist, and or, racist or Grant said, but definitely racist, and was like, dude, you can't use black troops, and that if, if, if it was different, you let Burnside use his dudes he trained, it might have been different. So, official historical record, br- blames Meade, but, you know, nobody remembers that. Who got fired for it? Burnside, dude. I mean, there is like an annotation of like, oh, whoops, sorry, it was actually me." but like, dude, Burnside's the name that comes up when you look up The Battle of the Crater. I mean, and there's a little note at the bottom that blames me. But the whole thing is about how Burnside tried this elaborate plan with the miners. It just didn't work out, man. Well, if you want to put a cherry on top of it. So Burnside's out of the military. Civil War's over. You know. His wife dies in 1876. They never have any children. And then his heart gives out in 1881. You know. I'd like to thank you for listening to episode 15 of oral presentations. I tried. I tried to like the civil war and I do. I like the ingenuity of it. I just think for all the reasons previously listed, I may have to do another civil war one because I still, I'm done doing it. And I still like, I'm going to go watch cold mountain after this and see if that changes me. But you know, it's just hard to like the time period for me, guys. got If you are listening to this and you're at your job, and this, I hope this didn't bum you out. I do still think it's a good story, but it's just I couldn't I – could, I, but I wasn't going to lie to you. I wasn't going to be on here and be like, okay, and then all the men got massacred, and that was great. It's like, no, I'll tell you the truth. It just got worse and worse and worse his whole life. Sometimes it was exotically bad. <laughs> that Apache Arrow in Las Vegas, that's like exotically terrible. Anyway, more presentations, episode 15, Ambrose Burnside. You know, the guy could take a punch. Shot at redemption. Thanks for listening, guys. Um, It'll be one on Wednesday on the Patreon and uh, then one next week. I really appreciate you guys listening. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, Maybe you learned something. Uh, Maybe not, but hopefully it was entertaining. Uh, Thanks so much, guys, and I'll talk to you later. See you.